Hello and welcome to the podcast, Building Confidence. My name is Sue Reed, and I am your host. In this podcast, I discuss a topic relating to the area of confidence with a guest every week. And so, with no further ado, let's jump in. Yemi Majekodunmi has worked as a mental health social care manager for over 27 years. But currently, she's working with widows that are in transition. She helps them uncover the beauty to still be found in the world after loss. And this project emerged from Yemi's own personal loss when she created her new vision and dream of from her adversity. Yemi is now a life and grief coach. She's also the author of the ebook Walking Out of Widowhood, which can be found on Amazon. And she does have other self-published material that she's done, which is on her website, walkingoutofwidowhood.com. And I'll put that in the show notes. Now, her ebook, Walking Out of Widowhood, offers a synopsis of Yemi's own journey after losing her husband. And it provides tools on how to establish a new and thriving life after the loss of a spouse. So Yemi's also got her own podcast, which is called Widow Recovery Secrets, and she uses that to give hope and encouragement. She's also offering one-to-one coaching, group coaching, and this is for widows, but also for single women over the age of 40. So welcome to the show, Yemi. It's lovely to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sue. No problem at all. It's lovely to see you. So the first question I always ask, as you know, is what would you say your definition of confidence would be? My definition of confidence has varied over the years. But from the top of my head, I would say confidence is believing I can do what I can do wherever I, whatever stage I am in my life. Yeah. However, confidence varies. It has its waves, it has its ups and its downs, depending on what situation you're finding yourself in at a particular moment in time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely right. And and I think, you know, especially when you come to things like bereavement, because you can be the most confident person in the world but something like that happens and it can just you know destroy you in an instant um so so there's a question in there that's just come into my head when something like that happens any like sudden trauma that maybe you weren't expecting and it it, it's a shock obviously to the system does having a strong self-confidence then help or is that completely irrelevant do you think I think with me, because I'm a woman of faith, yeah? So I'm a Christian. So I believe my confidence is not just built literally on confidence. It's fueled by my faith. So when I say my faith in believing there's something greater that would always empower my journey in whatever I face. So confidence, so in knowing that no matter what I go through, I would be able to overcome in spite. So I might be crying today and devastated, Mm. but there's always a part of my innermost being, which in a sense, in a physical sense, can be defined as confidence. But what fuels that confidence is the faith that the God I I believe in will see me through. Yeah. Sometimes people don't, are not in faith, might not understand it, but I always try and explain. So whatever I face, when I lost my husband, for example, of course, I was shocked. Even the way he died was a shock, you know, and everything. But there was always an inner part of me that I had to see beyond what was happening. 
And that's what tied that's so I think it's my faith. I know it's my faith that ties into that confidence that I was able to see beyond my immediate circumstance, which was that I won't be defeated by this. That's why I said to myself, I can't be defeated by his loss. Yeah. You know, so so I don't know if yeah. So that's how I saw that's how I saw my journey and that's how I continue to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing, you know, that faith must have really helped you at that point in time. Yes, and it continues to do so because walking as a widow is not an easy journey, even yeah. when you have faith. It's not because no matter how much faith you have in God, in God, you have to live in a physical world. Mm. So as much as people believe have a faith, it's a spiritual, personal faith. Yes, you share it with people, but people might not catch it until they're ready to understand it or open it up. So the bottom line is the confidence that you walk in, insights, is because we live in a physical world. Mm. So, so even when my husband died, there were a lot of hurdles I had to go through. But through each one, I sort of did the practical stuff and then believed I would see myself through. However, I must say another thing that fueled my confidence was because I've worked in the field of mental health for over 27 years and I'd done a lot of work with people who were quite vulnerable, those tools also I applied to my journey. And that enabled and that strengthened my confidence because I'd seen people from being comatized in hospital people losing up on them, just getting them to come to my day centre, work with them therapeutically, and then they live normal life. So, I, so I've so i seen that in the physical also. So that's what engineered my confidence as well. So yeah. I applied those tools, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So any trauma you, you come to, and obviously bereavement is a huge loss yeah. because there's, there's no going back from it. You know, you cannot bring the person back, whatever happens. But having a, like a, a almost like a toolkit to mm. resources that you can rely on and pull out at those moments. But I suppose it's also having that, uh, I guess, confidence for better for want of a better word to be able to open your toolbox. Because again, it, you know, if you're falling apart, you can have all the resources mm. in the world, but you may not think how to use them because you've maybe you've been dealing with other people like in a yeah, you know a situation yeah. where you've always dealt with other people's issues and now you have your own issue yeah that's 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 a very valid point actually and what that made me think about also is besides our faith and confidence there's the power also like for me I was very close to my dad and from the day I was born he always believed in me mm. so there was always a part of that even before I became a strong Christian just the fact that someone believed I could do well was also a major fuel for my confidence as a child. So you saying that also. So I think that's where that energy and confidence comes from. That no matter what I'm going to do, I'm able to look and do my research. So I was I, I was talking to a lady on my podcast yesterday, and I was saying, for example, I've always found no matter what new stage I'm going to in my life, because it's new, like when I want to have my children. Before I went to do my research, I read about it, and I was still a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. But I still believe there's power in, in learning, you know, and just going out and get the book. So it might be rooted in that as well. But I do believe there's a confidence also comes from how your childhood was as well. It's a very those are very foundational stones as well, keys. Because I've met people even in faith 
that are still not very confident. Mm. But then thank God they know God. Am I making sense? Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and yeah, I think I mean well, I think childhood, there is so much that you pick up in childhood, and some of it obviously is good and some of it is yeah. going to be bad. And and the problem is because children take everything literally. So if you yeah. tell a small child that they are useless and they're never going to amount to anything, that is what they will grow up believing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but going back to what you're doing now, then the widowhood. So okay. you've you lost your husband. I believe that was nine years ago. No, it's, yeah, it's going to be 10 years in December. So just under okay. 10 years, yes. Yeah, so 10, 10 years this year. And so obviously that's, you know, a very traumatic time. You said your faith helped you to deal with it and, and your, your your own confidence. But a, a lot of, of women and men in those circumstances would try and pick up their own life and then just carry on. But you decided at some point, I'm going to use what what I know, what's my journey to help other people. What made you decide that? What what made me decide also ties in with my faith? Because when I so I did as well, when I when I lost my husband, I took time off work. And this is all these things I tell people when I was helping people anyways. I took at least, I think I was off for six months. Mm. So in my time of um, going for walks, I, I felt an inner, inner feeling. I felt the title of my book came from within me. And it was this intuition that said, I need to start walking out of widowhood. You know, so it was like spiritual intuition. So that was around a month, just over a month. So even though you say it was a spiritual intuition, I started to have this hope. I would see myself, I would be able to see myself through this. Mm. And as I continued, and then I had, I met a woman who started to walk alongside me, we became friends, but she had survived with her for at least, I think five years or so, five or six years. But I remember one day we were going out as well, and I also felt to tell her that she needs to start walking out of widowhood because she she was doing her best, her children were doing well. But there was a part, perhaps there was a part of our heart that had not healed from the loss either. So it always used to come up in my intuition, that phrase, walking out of widowhood. And then at one point I felt it was also it leads to taking off my sackcloth. So taking off your sackcloth also implied in the Bible, if you look at the Bible, there's a part where the reference is made. It means it links to walking out of widow. That meaning you're not meant to mourn like someone who has no hope. So when you have hope in Christ, yes, weeping will last, will last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So no matter how bad it is and no matter how your healing is going to be, no matter how long, you have to believe your joy will come also. Mm. Yeah, so so from that, so that meant with that vehicle of hope and being able to express myself in my writing, but the turning point to help others came when I was when it was one year my husband had passed. I remember we had a memorial for him, and I remember looking back at everyone thinking, "Well, I'm still here after one year. Oh my God, I, I've survived!" <laughs> but from that moment, that's where the purpose came from. I think I think that's where it came. Mm-hmm. That this. Then, so after the one year, I started writing my book because I saw that I've survived one year. So there's no reason why. I shouldn't be able to say the second year, third year. But however, I went to one event. I went to a, a women's Christian event. And when I was there as well, I felt also 
because I'd always been searching because of my line of work, you get to a point where you start to think what you want to do at a certain age in your career. Because I've done a lot in my work, and I, the only way I could see was my next stage of self-fulfillment would be to work for myself. So even before the loss and after, I was always searching, what can I do that will tie with my job, the work I've done over my years? And when I was in this meeting, I just felt, oh, I've got a button. Who goes? I should use my story to serve other people. And that's where that came from. So I listened that down. And then when um, COVID came, I started to set things in, in place. Like I started setting up my company. I'd written all the mission statements and everything. And yeah, so that's where it started really. But my focus was, I wanted to do it in the sense that because my situation was quite a nightliner, I, I knew the parameters of women I work with can be people who are still very hurt. Mm. Because it would be like, what I'm saying to them will not resonate. They will be thinking, yeah, what is she going on about? I couldn't be talking to her about walking out of you spiritually. So I always felt people would have had to walk that journey at least two to three years. And just then, it doesn't mean they're not hurting, but by then they started to think, what do I want to do with myself? I'm now obviously the shock is over. You're obviously single. So that's where, so I walk from the fact that what do you want to do? How are you going to reinvent yourself? There might be a need to change career. There might not be. You might want to move house. You might want to decorate your house. All those things. That's what I tend to focus on, the way forward. Yeah. When you're, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I guess depending on how long you've been married, the first thought would be, like, who am I now? I've, I've been part of this couple. We've created this life together. And now it's just me. So yes. you, what you're doing is saying, well, okay it's just you but who are you now who who do you want to be because you can now recreate your life so what do you want it to look like yeah, yeah and it's interesting so because it, when I was there was a lady I spoke to on my podcast and I was saying this exactly the same thing to her and she said Yemi that's what saved her life but she was in therapy and that's what one of the she was stuck for so long mm. and then the therapist said to her Say her name was Miss J. Miss J, what was it you loved to do before you ever met your husband? And she remembered it was belly dancing. And that's what saved her. So everywhere she's doing that now, isn't that so? Because we do need something to save us. Because yeah. I, I, was, at one point I used to talk a lot about purpose and purpose, but sometimes people think it's too strong a word because people are still recovering or in grief. But when that lady told me, because I've been explaining that, but to when you're writing, you can't write so much in certain contexts. So you have to put the word purpose, but purpose was never the word. When that lady explained it to me, that's what I've been trying to tell people. That you were something before, you had need, you had dreams and ambition before you met your husband. And this is what saves a lot of women. I would say my it's like God gives you a new joy. You, it's not new, but in that, this season now it'll be new because you've left it dormant for so many years. But that might be just what will save your life from this devastation. Is that making sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I imagine, and especially, and I can, I can see why you would, you know, wait for a few years before coaching a widow. Because yes. in the early years, it's very difficult to think. Well, you know, I, I, I don't want to do anything else. 
I'm just, you know, hurting so much. And, you know, why, why are you asking me? Because I, I imagine there'd, there'd be some guilt about, around, well, you know, I've got to grieve. I've, I'm, I'm a widow. I've got to yeah. act like a widow. I can't act like somebody because people will think they, that I didn't care. So I can see why, like, the early years wouldn't yeah, be a idea. And there's so many emotions because what mm. I've come across, what I came across, I didn't necessarily think in the Western society, if you're talking to people in a developed world or whatever we want to define it, the emphasis is more on shame, anger. The shame takes the form of the outcome. I wasn't able to save my husband and everyone else has got their husband, more so yeah. that. Yeah. And then after the anger where people think, why did he leave? We committed to stay to the long haul. He left me. It's not rational, but people go through that. Mm. You know, and then there's the fear of how am I going to, especially if you have children, how am I going to raise these children on my own? It's not always just the financial. Financial is a big one. But even when you settle your finances, there's still the fact that you were never, you never plan to be single parents. Mm -hmm. So that means every decision you make, you're making it by yourself and you're taking the responsibility. Yeah, fair enough. We have a system like you build, like one thing I always said, it's good to have good people around you. So that's why that would come in. When you want to make a decision, at least if you know people are good people and wise people, you can confer. Or people who've been on the journey and say, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of issues there. Whilst when I interview people in like the African continent, that bit about what people say is a very big thing. What people say, it's your fault, you killed your husband, a lot of blame, mm -hmm. you know. And a lot of, uh, so many archaic I mean, things I didn't even know existed that, you know, that people were telling me on my podcast. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so that's it. So it's a very complex situation. And it's like, even when people are, when you've lost your husband, there's so many things you have to deal with, even though you're devastated. Hmm. Kids have to continue eating, don't they? They have to go to school. They hmm. have to tell people. I remember when my husband died, there's so many things I had to do, but thank God I'd always multitasked in my job i was able to think of the school therapy you know everything i did when i streamlined my work with my clients then mm -hmm. i was able to apply it to myself i was good to make notes get counseling source this thing you know it's just amazing yeah so that also ties with confidence because what we've done as a natural thing in our career will build our confidence as well because i have the reference points yeah yeah, yeah. So that helped. Yeah. So when you you do, for example, your one to one coaching, what sort of things do you do with with the ladies you deal with? I mean, you've said about like redefining your life. So what what is it a step yeah, by step? What, or? Yeah, we do a lot of things. But what I find is, if you look on my profile, I put widows and single women, because I get a lot of single women who come to me as well. Mm. You know, and these could be people who had a broke disappointment relationship or whatever. However, when I've worked with those, people basically come as they are and share what they're going through at that moment in time. Mm. Because there's a lot of hurts, a lot of secondary issues as well. You know, but a lot, what comes up a lot is relationships. Mm. You know, like dating, maybe they're dating someone now or they want to date, but they're not sure if they're really ready. You know, and then I tend to, some people have had therapy, because it does help you to have had some counselling. Yeah. You know, to explore and lean into those emotions. You know, so there's 
all of that. So sometimes there can be a bit of a flare. But when I pick up, they need to do more therapy. I say to them, I will refer you to, you need to do more therapy. Mm. You know, but I've met people who dating. It could be so. One last, the last time I had was a lady who was already ready, was dating, but she, she came along from a good few years before I coached her. She was somewhere in my podcast or informally. She used to contact me online, so I used to meet with her, give her free sessions. So we built a level of trust. So by the time I did coaching, she'd already settled to a certain level and seen someone. I think they're now engaged. So she and then, but because she has a young family, the issues around the new family coming on as her in-laws, mm. and how to manage her ex are present in-laws, which she was very close with. Yeah. So there's like, but it's how you are. But people would say they will share something, and because I've already walked the journey as well, there's certain things you pick up. Like there's always an undercurrent, so you keep playing it back. You do a lot of reflection. You repeat what people say and just let them talk. It's very person-centered, mm. you know, but it's also, I, I tend to direct sometimes as well. If it looks like they're not saying anything, so I might throw a question in to stay there and then that makes them open up. But the key is people don't open up to you or even do one-to-one coaching if they haven't built a level of trust. Mm. Absolutely. So you have to go out. Yeah, you have to go out there and keep talking. And I think the podcast helps me as well. But people, mm. but the group sessions are different because when you do groups, you're covering, like, I'll cover a topic on fear. So it can be quite interactive, you know. And then people tend to rub off each other because people are, so if, you, if you're in a group, everyone's excited. People, will, those that are a bit quiet, get inspired by it. And then gradually open up. But I find one-to-one, get small results, depending on what you want that group. Mm. And then some benefit from groups because they're not confident yet to do one-to-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they can kind of bounce off each other, yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And even get a community of support from the group. Yeah. So how, what's the best way of contacting you then? So would that be yeah, your website? Yes, you can call. I'm on all the social. I'm on social media, but you can contact me at https column forward slash forward slash walkingoutofwidow.com. Okay. Yeah. And Instagram. And when you go on website, all my social media angles are on there. Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. Like if you type in my name, my name will come up. Yeah. Okay. I shall put that in the show notes then, all the ways to find you. So, yeah, so you're doing really good work. Are you still working in the, in the mental health? Aspect? No, no, no. I, was, I stepped away <laughs> full time from my last day of my last job was in the 31st of May. So um, now I'm working full time. And it's been, so there's a lot of work, but I get to go out and network more. So I get to meet like-minded people who have been started the journey or are further ahead of me in business. So I went to the Northeast London Business Expo last weekend. Mm-hmm. And I met, you meet so many people, but there was, there's, there was one lady I met that gave me so many pointers about how to leverage one particular website, um, social media. And now I don't need to keep going up and down. But when I left there, I thought to myself, it depends on what your business is. My business is very emotional. You yeah. know, you're doing people's emotions. So when you're on a professional platform and you're writing policies and stuff, it's different, isn't it? So when I, so that's why I go to a lot of platforms. I go, I've got Facebook groups where they're, they're basically widows. 
Mm. You know, Instagram, I get widows that follow me mm. on my podcast. So I can't just stay on one platform, really. Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah. Like- yeah, yeah, okay. I was going to ask you, it wasn't really a, a question, it was a comment. That when we were talking about dating, when my, my late brother died and my sister-in-law was very young, the one big problem she found was that a lot of her female friends because they'd been friends in couples so my my brother and sister-in-law had lots of friends who were couples the um women didn't want to know her anymore because I think they had this fear that she would now take their husbands or something like that but she said there was a like a huge proportion of her friends that were joint friends were very very wary of her which uh, was quite bizarre really yes yeah it's interesting, sir, because the lady I interviewed recently, she was saying something similar. But what I learned from that, though, there's two things. After Marsden died, I remember going to a, uh, an evening dinner in church. Well, it was a really nice Christmas meal, and we all dressed up, and obviously people came out as couples. And I remember walking into that hall, and I, for the first time since my loss, I saw myself officially as a single woman. Mm. And I could understand what your daughter-in-law is saying. Because that was number one. But I used to think to myself, too, now that I've worked in 10 years, I believe when that happens, when people are, I think your season changes. So when people are withdrawing from you, it creates room for those that need to come inside, come along inside you. Because friends are not, cannot help you now because they've never experienced it. You never know until you walk those journeys. Mm. You mean, and I'm, I don't know where she is now, but I'm sure on reflection, she might see that now that new people yeah. have come in to help her. Well, she's remarried now, so now she's got a new yeah. set of, of friends, I guess. <laughs> she's moved away, so I don't see her very much. So, yeah. anyway, it's been lovely talking to you. Lots and lots of good advice there. And yeah, so thank, thank you so much. And good luck with everything in the future. It sounds like you're doing really good work. And thank I you think so it's much. well needed. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for listening today and your continued support. Please come back next week for a new episode. You could also subscribe if you want to, and then you won't miss any future episodes. And you could also follow me on Instagram at Sue Reed 1905. Thank you.